Cadians can move in and out of there, so can we. Find a way to get through that force field. Thank you for joining us on the Janeway, the Voyager podcast, where my co-host with a voracious sexual appetite of a Klingon, Suzanne Williams, and, <laughs> and I, Liam Smart, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favourite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. Before we get started on the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way, and also join our Facebook community for our listeners called The Nexus. There you can discuss this episode and episodes of all of our other shows we have on Hollow Sweet Media, including Random Trek Review, a Trek Review podcast choosing an episode at random from the entire franchise to review each uh, episode. I was going to say every week, but I really don't know their <laughs> frequency. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell when I was writing that little script thing, I'm like, uh, I should have researched this before I put it in there. No, oh, thanks for making me look like a jackass, but it's okay. Well, that's okay. I- I'm the one who wrote it. So, also, I have heard like the snippets of the show because I-, I literally have like negative time right now. So, I pretty mm-hmm. much listen to nothing. Uh, but yeah, you should have a listen because they're snippets that they have sound interesting. Yes, it sounds very fun. So how are you, Suzanne? This is our third week in a row where we've natted to each other on your Friday night, my Sunday lunchtime. And by Sunday, I mean Saturday. <laughs> are you sure about that? I've got no idea. The last few weeks are just a blur and they're going to get blarier and blarier until I'm in my new state. Yes, I have no <laughs> idea what we're doing. <laughs> I asked you how you were. Oh, I'm I'm doing well, I think. I just finished filing our taxes, which is oh. why my brain is Swiss cheese right now. How thrilling. Yay! Yeah, my tax return's going to be so complicated this year. <laughs> oh, I but, can imagine. That's, that's okay, because our listeners really don't want to hear about tax. <laughs> And I don't want to talk about it anymore. Ah. Okay, let's move on. What episode are we doing? We are doing Season 1, Episode 13, Faces, which uh, I will have to say I enjoyed this episode. And in my personal opinion, it is in the top three, maybe top four of the Voyager episodes of Season 1. Oh, without a doubt, top three. Definitely. Top three. I mean, I'm guessing in your top three is ex post facto and uh, emanations. Oh, don't forget learning curve. Oh, fuck that. That's, yeah, that's, we haven't gotten there yet, have we? That's oh. future us problem. <laughs> no, I think it goes up there with Eye of the Needle, Phage, and State of Flux for me. Mm, yeah, those are definitely good ones. But then again, Jatrell's not too far behind. Jatrell's okay. We'll see what that's like next episode after this when we have Brandy on with us to talk about it. Yay! Yeah, so that's going to be an episode of Tangents Beyond Tangents. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, IMDb has faces at 7.3 stars out of 10, which is up there again with uh, some of the best of the season. The synopsis is, in an attempt to develop a cure for the phage, a Vidian doctor captures Torres and splits her into two halves, one human, the other Klingon. Which pretty much tells you exactly what's happening in this episode. I think Roxanne Dawson, <laughs> just as an aside at the beginning, done a fucking fantastic job of this in playing the two sides. Oh yeah. I mean, there are a couple of wobbles with the way um, she talks as a Klingon at the beginning, but I think the story behind it is good and the fake science behind it makes sense how they wove it all together well definitely shove those giant you know klingon dentures in your mouth and see how you're gonna talk oh no i didn't mean it like that i meant um it was very james kirk no i get you i get you (laughs) but speaking of the dentures did you notice and this is the first time i've noticed this that she only has them on her top teeth so as she's talking you have you have Klingon top teeth, but human bottom teeth. I was like, wait a minute. That, what, I, they left damn that high def TVs. <laughs> They've left that bit of coding in, in her DNA to keep human bottom teeth. <laughs> also, I think we should probably briefly mention, I know when this episode comes out, it's like quite possibly four weeks since it was announced, uh, but we wouldn't be a podcast where we talk about Janeway without mentioning the Janeway-featured new series, Prodigy. Yes, 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 yes. So probably by the time this comes out, there's been more info. But Suzanne, you're probably a little bit more positive towards it than I am. So I'll let you talk about it. Well, I just, I have a theory, which a lot of people seem to have this theory. And I'm like, damn, I didn't tell anybody because I was trying to be, you know, kind of keep it to myself. Trying to be a cool kid on the block. Yeah, I was trying to be cool. That never works. I'm not cool. No, me neither. The wording in their press release on it was that these kids come upon a seemingly abandoned ship. Mm -hmm. I'm like, seemingly abandoned. And they keep referring to Janeway as Captain Janeway. I'm like, she's a freaking hologram. She's a freaking hologram on the ship. That's how they're going to interact with her. That's going to be so cool if Janeway is a hologram because then she'd be on that ship the whole time mothering them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Doling out her knowledge in hologram form. I think that'll be cool. Uh, my my issue so far is that it just looks like a generic kids show in terms of like the style. Um, if that sort of makes sense. I mean, I guess I might have been expecting something different, but at the same time, it's got to appeal to kids in general. And if something's yes. completely out there and it's not the normal kind of cartoon, they probably would be turned off by it. The characters do seem interesting. I mean, there's a droid and a slug. Mm-hmm. And it's the slug. I, I, I feel the slug. That is me right slug. now. I am slug. <laughs> I am slug. <laughs> uh, the, um, the thing that looks, the big, tall, red, happy guy looks like um, from Fantastic Four. He looks like Thing, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then you've got that. Um, larger dude who looks like a potential Talaxian or Tellarite. I don't think it's a Tellarite, and I'm not entirely sure it's a Talaxian, but there are markings on him like a Talaxian. Why can't it be both? A Tellaraxian. A Tellaraxian. Oh, that's, that's an interesting ship. Have you been writing fanfic again, Suzanne? <laughs> Have you been writing fanfic? Well, you know, there just happens to be this Talaxian female who falls for this Tellarite male. And yeah, they had a baby. 
Yeah, well, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and now he has his own TV show. <laughs> it's just like Friends. The uh, other two characters that I can remember off the top of my head are just two generic characters that look like humans, maybe, or they've got markings that might not be human, but they look yeah. just sort of like generic kid show Humanoid. characters. Humanoid characters. So I shouldn't complain, really, because we do get characters that aren't humanoid and that is something that i crave from star trek like live action ones just like shove a decent cgi in there so mm-hmm. i mean i think that slug will probably end up becoming my favorite character i'm just thrilled because logan gets a show that is geared towards him mm-hmm. with my captain who is now going to be his captain as well just i'm so thrilled for that because he already knows who captain Janeway is i mean i'm surprised he doesn't like just quote Janeway things at you. Oh, no. No, he'd rather watch Next Gen than Voyager. Really? Yeah. My God. Which cuts me to the bone. It's like, boy, what are oh. you doing to me? I mean, I'm sorry, but that's, uh, that's fucked. That's, that, that cuts <laughs> deep. That cuts deep. It does. Tell your child to like better things. Eh. Anyway. Should we get started? Well, one thing about oh, yeah. it about the show coming out, and it's it's coming out directly to uh, Paramount Plus before it goes to Nickelodeon, which I don't like so much because that means that we're not going to get toys as soon as we should. I thought Nickelodeon paid for it. They did, but it's going on Paramount Plus first. That's weird. So I wonder what that means it will be on in Australia. I don't know. And also toys. I hope the toy is for the slug thing, like as squishy as it looks. As long as it's not sticky too. One of those things that you like throw and it like throw attaches on the wall to the wall. and it sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that, but squishy would be good. Ew. All right, everybody. So we open. So we start off in uh, the creepy looking lab thing, which mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of like Frankenstein's monster, I guess, of which the Frankenstein monster, I guess, is uh, Balana. Um, she uh, stands there and then she lifts her head up and oh my god it is in a Klingon Balana is in full Klingon and bam that is the end of the cold open the shortest cold open that I can recall I think the only other super short one as short as that that I can recall is Scorpion whereby like the Borg ships are exploded Spoilers if you're listening to this and haven't got that far. Because, <laughs> I mean, who would actually be watching Voyager for the first time and not want spoilers from 1995? <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but I thought, oh, that's cool. So, like, Balana's becoming a full Klingon. I'm surprised they did it so close into the first season. I'd have thought they'd have shown a little bit yeah. more struggle and then maybe more like a season three, season four episode. But I do know from reading some of the Apocrypha, etc., that Roxanne Dawson was very frightened of doing this episode and they sort of didn't want to do it as a traditional evil twin kind of thing. Mm-hmm. No Thomas Riker. Ugh. Yay! Or Lore. Because <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. like if you start doing this person's got an evil twin sort of episode, that's like a death of a series to me it's like oh always oh, introducing some weird shit for no reason whereas this made sense. i always wanted an evil twin maybe you are the evil twin in you and you don't remember that's true because i would be the evil twin so i need a good twin to be 
more evil. Oh, hold on. I'm gonna have something to, like I'm gonna that. have to pause. My mother's just turned up. <laughs> one, okay. One sec. I can't, sorry about that. I can't remember what we were talking about. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if this like I know we're going on like cold opens, and then you were reading a, something about Roxanne Dawson and evil twins. Evil twins. Okay, listeners, if this sounded like very disjointed, my mother turned up at my window and I had to go and like say hello and I can't remember what we were talking about. So I think we'll just move on. <laughs> <laughs> so after the credits, we get a captain's log and they talk about being in sending off uh, Belana, Lieutenant Durst again and Tom to the Avery system. They need to go and get some like Magnesite or something like that. But they were surveying yet Another system. Mm-hmm. I mean... Instead of going home, let's survey a little bit more. See what happens when you want us to science, Captain? We just get <laughs> split apart in two. <laughs> so then in the mess hall, uh, Tuvok gets served a nice little bowl of plomique soup. It looks like tomato soup. But yeah, it does look like tomato soup, and that's pretty much exactly what it is. Just like, oh, just open a tin of tomato soup. But I, no, I looked up the recipe. There are no tomatoes. There's no tomatoes in plomique soup. Well, maybe that was the. No. There's an actual recipe for plomique soup. There is. What's in it? It is carrots and chicken broth or vegetable broth. And there, somebody added cream. I was like, that doesn't but, sound tasty, but okay. But is there like no Vulcan ingredients in it? <laughs> do, do you have any access to Vulcan ingredients? Mate, I am Vulcan. I am evil Vulcan. I'm the evil twin of. <laughs> so you're Vulcan. Romulan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, is this, are we, we going to say that the whole Star Trek franchise went downhill when they introduced Romulans as the evil twins of Vulcan? No. <laughs> I would never say that about my Romulan brethren. Oh, as long as Kennedy doesn't start hating on us, we're okay. <laughs> this scene actually was all right because, like, Neelix. Neelix is, uh, everyone deserves a, like, a slice of home now and again, or a piece mm -hmm. of home. Yeah. I think that's an actually really nice thing, and I really liked Neelix in this scene, even though he clearly annoys Tuvok. I think Tuvok was in the wrong here by being annoyed at Neelix, because he should have been like, well, you made me something nice. Thank you, Neelix. You know, in, like, a Vulcan kind of way, but he could clearly tell that he was pissed off and annoyed by it. Well, yeah, because he didn't make him plomique soup. He made him plomique soup a la Neelix, which is not a s taste of home. It is a taste of Neelix. Oh. Ew. Ew. <laughs> I think you should rephrase that one. Oh, I, I don't know. I just I just think it's – I think Tuvok was a bit of a jerk his, here. His, his thought, face is Neelix's so like thought was really good, but then he went off the rails with it. He should have just stuck with the original thought. I'm going to make plumique soup. That is it. I just I just think Tuvok's face is just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Although Tim Russ's acting is on point, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you get the whole senior officers to the bridge, which pretty much saves Tuvok. He's like, thank fuck for that. I don't have to eat this shit. <laughs> and Neelix is like, but I made you some soup, Mr. Newbulkin. I made you some soup. He's like, oh, well, feel free to eat it. But then he sits down and fucking drinks out the bowl. Well, it's better than, I guess, reusing the spoon. Well, I mean, there's no COVID-19 in 2370-something. No, but you don't know what Tuvokian germs he has. 
Oh, he he might might be a carrier. I don't know. I just thought it was gross. I'd have just used the spoon. I'd he been carries like, the pond far. <laughs> oh, Neelix with pond far. Neelix with pond far. Suzanne, why have you just made this something that's in my brain? Oh, everyone's gonna happy like. Grossed out by this. Can you imagine a horny oh, Talaxian oh running gosh. around? I am so making note of this for our uh, season three. Not what? What, what. <laughs> 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 what? When we do our rewrite, you're going to make Neelix a fucking horny bonfire <laughs> guy. <laughs> oh, that laugh is so evil. Why would you do <laughs> such a thing? Because it'll be fun. Okay, well, you're the so one that's going to be to blame. Put, put a disclaimer in the notes of this episode. That is just gross. So uh, we, we head to the bridge and we find out that the away team hasn't pr- been at like the rendezvous point or the coordinates that they set for them. And oh, they mm-hmm. can't actually scan because of the dense magnesites deposits or something. So it's like, oh, well, you know, there's, there's a reason. Your scanners to- are useless. Everything's useless Always. on that ship. Literally everything is useless on that ship. So, and Harry's like, oh, oh, this wasn't on our geological scan before. This, the tunnel was like in a different direction. And I'm like, what the fuck? And Janeway, mm. Janeway sits there and is like, oh, oh, that's weird. Why is that so weird? It doesn't weird? It sound familiar. I know. And I've Haven't written. We've seen this before. I've written this down and I'm like, don't they remember what fucking happened in the phage? Like seven episodes ago or something. I think that might have been bad math. Six episodes ago or eight episodes? Nine episodes. Nine episodes ago. There we go. There's my maths. Oh, if it was seven, they would have remembered. Oh, yes. Nine is too many. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This was like over two months ago. So, yeah, Harry then decides that he wants to put some breadcrumbs down, which I thought was cool, a way of putting um, Chakotay a direction in those caves when they move. Mm-hmm. And then Janeway is like, okay, you can go down. But then Chakotay <laughs> takes Tuvok and Kim with him. I know. So, I was like, what is she's letting them go again? So she's letting Chakotay, Tuvok and Kim go. And Tom and Balana are already gone. That leaves her is, and I guess the doctor is the two and senior Cass. officers. Like, what is she doing? She wants everybody off her damn ship. Just send Lieutenant Ayala instead of Harry Kim. Like, what's, what's Kim going to do? Just be, be an idiot. Or send Ayala instead of Tuvok. Yeah, they're both good at security. I mean, Ayala yeah. was le- later at Ops because they were so short-staffed. It's kind of like going into like <laughs> a Christmas like a shop on Christmas Eve or something, and they've got, like, two staff because they've let everyone have time off and they didn't realise that, you know, they needed to give more staff because it's a busy time of year. hmm No, everybody can go. It's just like, hey, go, have fun, guys. Don't worry. Don't, don't think anything's wrong with these shifty caves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's a wrong way. That's, that's wronger than wrong. Yeah. She didn't learn her lesson. No. At all. I'm wondering if we should reinstate the dumb way for that one. Because seriously, that <laughs> that's five out of her seven main crew. That is pretty dumb. That is fucking dumb. I'm, I'm doing that, Suzanne. I am making that decision. 
Uh, so we go to the Frankenstein's lair again, and uh, we find out that there's some Vidians. Oh, well, there's a surprise. <laughs> Shifty caves must be Vidians. Mm-hmm. But of course, nobody on the ship knows about that yet. And this is where we hear Roxanne Dawson's voice for the first time as a Klingon, mm-hmm. which, as I've sort of said already, was a little bit too stuttered, I think maybe is the word I want to use to start with. But as I say, come the end of the episode, it works out quite well. We find out that uh, she's been altered by the Vidians by reconstituting the genome. I have questions about this. Mm-hmm. So they altered Bolana. Mm-hmm. How do we end up with human Bolana? Did they take her DNA and put it like in a blank somewhere? Oh, no. I think they said that. Like, they said um, that they took the DNA, sort of reconstituted it from matter, that matter into energy, and then they, like, transported it back out and it made a human or something like that. I do not recall that at all. I think that's what they said happened or something. I don't think they got into that much detail. I think they did. I was like, okay, they took her DNA and... How do we get two of them? Here we go. Look, I will, I will, I will read it to you. What exactly have <laughs> you done to me? And it says, I've reconstituted your genome. You are now purely mm-hmm. Klingon, mm-hmm. which is only possible really because of the Vidians, because they've got that like cool thing. But yeah, he's saying that it's some kind of mitosis that does it. Basically extracted all the Klingon material, converted that matter, converted from matter to energy by something called a genotron. And then they just rematerialized her as just a person who's pure Klingon. I mean, it's a little bit of a stretch, but you can sort of believe it because the Vidians do have really good medical technology. Yeah, I just... And Sulan does seem to be like that crazy scientist. But he would need to grow her in like some sort of Petri dish first. Yeah, but would they? Because it's all like, oh, they're going to probably put it into some kind of facsimile. I don't know. That's They'd have to do something. Something is missing there for it to make complete sense to me. Oh, it's me. Not that it's ever going to because this is science fiction and I understand that, but still, yeah, I want to know. I want answers. I think it made sense in, to me just enough to be like, yeah, sure, that's plausible. And I like how they like <laughs> called her a glorified Klingon specimen. But, yeah, they've done this basically because Salan thinks that she would be resistant to the phage, so he basically infects her with, you know, an absolutely devastating illness, which is kind of, like, awful, really. It's like biological... That's messed up. Biological warfare, in a way, or something. I'm going to grow this person, and then I'm going to infect them. Mm Mm-hmm. That's messed up. Just to see what happens. But, I mean, we've seen that kind of stuff before, with, like, people growing things... Like, um, I guess in similitude in Enterprise, growing things just to take organs to save the real person. Yeah. Or the real trip. Sorry, I'm thinking of like this Rick and Morty episode that I'm not going to get into. Okay. Yeah, because I haven't seen Rick and Morty. I tried. I was not very good at it. You tried. Yeah. It's just, yeah, not, not my thing. So we end up in the prison area. We see Paris and Durst walking with a bunch of sad-looking people. Obviously very, very uh, gross-looking scene. And they talk and they kind of try and scheme a way of getting out. Durst has the like... The Talaxian sh- looked very familiar. The Talaxian? Mm-hmm. It looks like Wixaban from Fair Trade. 
he did look like Wixabon, and I'm like, is that Wixabon? No, that can't yeah, be Wixabon. No, so and no, it wasn't. It wasn't Wixabon. No, I was like, this this has to be as well. But yeah, the the guy who plays this Talaxian did come back though in uh, the end of season seven as a Talaxian, like not probably the same oh, Homestead. one. In Homestead, yes. But, yeah, no, it wasn't um, Wixabun, but, I mean, to be quite honest with you, it looks exactly the same. It did. I did find it funny. I even wrote that down. I was like, is that Wixabun? (laughs) I sat there thinking that the whole time. I do find it funny, though, that um, Durst seemed to have small man syndrome when he was, like, trying to push up against that (laughs) Vidian. He's like, mate, no point in doing that. A, you're small. B... They have the guns. They've, yeah, exactly. They've got the guns and all the medical know-how to, like, destroy you. And steal your face. Yeah, exactly. We found <laughs> it's like, easy done. <laughs> find that out later. But, yeah, we find that Talaxian who's definitely not Wixaban, who's apparently been there for six years, and they talk and explain what they're going on there, that they're basically there to dig the tunnels, and if they get too tired or sick, etc., they just go to organ harvesting to be chopped up and used mm-hmm. as you know, replacements for the shit that the Vidians can't have because of the Vage. It's kind of gross, and I will admit, I still want the Vidians as season one. Yeah, they missed the boat on that. It would have been awesome. So they weren't even going to have um, the Vidians as the main characters in this episode or the main antagonists. They only put them in because they're like, oh, we want to split Balana up. How can we do that? Oh, we've got these, like, medically advanced people. Let's use those again. <laughs> that works. It's like, oh, yeah, fine. So we go to the caves that are in every single Star Trek episode. Uh, <laughs> Tuvok, Harry, and Chakotay basically on an Easter egg hunt trying to find some things. They set the transponders up, and <laughs> Tuvok then finds a trans uh, tricorder. Yes, he does a melty one. And melted. It was very melty. <laughs> it's like they, they probably made a tricorder and then shoved it in a microwave. Or it could be. No! Or it could be like a tricorder cake you know when somebody tries to think that they're good at making cakes and then they make a really terrible looking one <laughs> nailed it <laughs> no, nailed it exactly. <laughs> exactly so um <laughs> yeah then we move back to the lab and this is where we find the basically sulan is like creepy as fuck yes so balan is like struggling she's starting to feel the effects of the phage and like she looks like she's fighting it well because she's like you know it's nothing. Klingons don't feel pain or something. Yeah, she was like just that. a little sweaty. Mm, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she's super. Um, <laughs> what a sweaty Klingon. <laughs> Sulan is like, I am overjoyed, and he just doesn't look like he has any emotion when he says he's overjoyed by the fact that the phage doesn't seem to be taking too much to affect Klingon Balana. I I think he's put too much Botox in his <laughs> facial transplant, and that's why he's not showing that he's overjoyed. The makeup on it is so good, though. It is so good. It's so good. And, I mean, they were nominated for, an, I think it was an Emmy, maybe an Emmy so. for this episode, yeah. but they didn't, they didn't win it. Apparently, Distant Voices from Deep Space Nine won, the one where... Uh, What's his face becomes old. <laughs> oh, what's the doctor's name? Bashir. Where Bashir comes old. That one won instead of oh. Phage, and I was pretty disappointed really? by that one. I mean, Faces, because Faces was good. The makeup wasn't as good in that one. No. It's probably because of, they, they get boners, I think, in like award industries for making people look older. 
Okay. So we get it's probably what my favorite like line of this episode is with a form as handsome as yours. Oh yeah. He's like Ugh. I mean I feel bad because they've got a disease that makes them look like that, but But he was creepy on the inside too. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I mean, could you imagine having sex with a Vidian? What if it comes off? Oh, <laughs> Oh, it comes off inside you. Oh, I've been meaning to replace that organ for a while. Let me just shove another one on. Oh. Oh, what an awful thought. Oh. (laughs) It's a whole new meaning to a strap on, doesn't it? <laughs> I was thinking more of the song Detachable Penis. <laughs> I feel sick. <laughs> I feel very sick. I, I, I think I'm going to just skip right on by this. Um, I'm 100% leaving it in, but we've just lost viewers. All listeners. I took leaving it in as something else. <laughs> it's like those eggs you put inside you or something called that just like vibrate. Not eggs, but I've forgotten what they're called, but they just like vibrate on the button and you're like at the dinner table and you're like, ooh. Are those Benoit balls? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> This is gross. Um, we go uh, it's to a good the- thing we don't do a live show. Oh, God. Could you imagine? We uh, move on to the prison <laughs> where yes. there's yes. a random female being, like, carried in in a Starfleet uniform that's yellow, and uh, we find out that it's Balana, but human Balana. Tom looks at her pretty weird. Tom's like, oh, hello. Lana, is that you? Like, really, dude? You can tell it's her. Just like, it's everything about us the same except for her forehead. Isn't that how Klingons work? <laughs> so she doesn't really remember anything out of that whole thing except for the fact that they extracted her Klingon DNA and then she pretty much passed out. But we already get from this that she's pretty weak and tired. Uh, but we don't exactly know where the episode's going yet. Like, the whole idea behind splitting them up yeah uh, but we do find out that she's generally embarrassed of her klingon side but we do then get some backstory of balana which is probably one of the saddest backstories in all of uh, voyager really with her dad leaving her when he she was five and when they lived on Keswick four there were basically many klingons there and her mother was like fully klingon obviously we don't know her mother's name yet but she also kept in touch with her dad because that other episode where she's camping with her dad, she's older than five. At that. Yeah, in lineage. There was a little bit of a continuity yeah, problem there, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. Unless, like, just a little bit. Klingons are really tall for five year olds, like, Accompans are really tall and developed for a year and a half. Well, I found another continuity blip in this episode that we'll get to later <laughs> so yeah she basically <laughs> thinks and um, surmised that her father left 
because she was a Klingon, which is really upsetting. And I mean, I can't talk about having any issues like that because I'm literally just one race. I'm not biracial or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be tough trying to reconcile two cultures in a way, but like two completely different species would just be insane to try and reconcile. I can't even wrap my head around that. So we go back to the caves and all Mm. I've written is back to the changing caves. And they're like, (laughs) I think think they were like, oh, we can't get through this here or this wasn't here before or something. And that they've actually changed configuration to when they moved down. And it's like, hello, there's been no tectonic activity. This is a force field. Why don't you remember that it's the Vidians? They should have just been like, oh, no, quick Mm -hmm. beam straight away. But no, they've got to go and talk to Janeway first about it. And Janeway's like, hmm, can't work out what's going on here. And then Tuvok obviously makes the the thing where they find out that it is actually the Vidians. And lo and behold. Yeah, because they see the Vidians. Well, they eventually do see the Vidians, but not before we see yeah. Lieutenant Ayala. Good old Ayala. He actually had a prominent role at, in ops for the time, because I'm fairly sure he was standing in he ops. He nodded his head. I know. It's like, yes, I think no words, just nod that head. I think he's uh, very much earned his money in that episode. So they sort of like yes. try and phaser the <laughs> wall, but the wall doesn't work. And then the Vidians are like looking out of them past a rock in the cave, and they immediately beam out. And one, I do have a question mark next to my notes here, which is a decision. But is there really a decision here? Yes. Okay. And what do you reckon? There is a decision because, okay. Your away team has been gone for a while. Mm -hmm. They've been taken by the Vidians. You're assuming that they're still alive? That is true, yeah. When you know the the Vidians had Neelix for all of five seconds and they stole his lungs. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point, yeah. (laughs) And then she wants to find out what's in there, even though she realizes they are Vidians. She's nosy. (laughs) She was like, well, I mean, you could die. You could lose your lungs in an instant. But find out what's in there anyway, guys. Yeah, Chakotay, put on all this Vidian makeup. Oh, God, we haven't even got to that bit yet. Yeah. (laughs) Like, my God. So what do we think about that? Like, letting them carry on even though they realize it is... I think that is the wrong way. I think it's the wrong way. Do you reckon they should have left Tom and Balana and Durst? Everything they know about the Vidians is, is t- should be telling them they're already gone. They've already been harvested. Yeah, but you know what, Belana, you know what Janeway's like? She won't let go until she's... Okay, it's a Janeway. You reckon it's a Janeway? I reckon it's definitely... It's a Janeway. It's definitely not the right thing to do because... Oh, hell no, it's not the right <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also not dumb. I don't think it's wrong, so I do feel like it's the Janeway. I feel like she's trying to be like no i'm gonna find out at the very last minute i'm gonna put all of my people in danger just to mm-hmm. just for a one percent chance that these other people are still alive yeah janeway i, I will agree i i think that's probably the best call for that one so we go back to the lab after they've been emergency beamed out klingon balana torres is managing to get her hand loose then she tries to seduce sulan oh so creepy i just so creepy i mean Okay, Klingons have always been, or Klingon females specifically, have always been portrayed as, like, sexual creatures. And she's just using this as a way to get out. Yeah, and I just, I I didn't like it, but I guess 
she could see that there was some form of like flash of desire from Sulan at mm-hmm. some point beforehand. So she thought, well, she's going to use that. And uh, the voracious sexual appetite of Suzanne Williamson, oh, sorry, I mean, Cleon Bellana Torres, <laughs> <laughs> was displayed saying that let me out and I'll show you. And pretty much Solan gets a boner and falls for her. <laughs> you see it in his face, he's like... <laughs> I just like how she's like voracious, sexual appetites, like in very, very like slow words. <laughs> it's just kind of gross. And especially like study yeah. her in action. Oh, I'm just... Oh. I just like, mm, this is just not oh. this is just not right. Creeped out. So move on. <laughs> so back to the prison area. Uh, they basically fear that Balana. Uh, so Balana's obviously feeling a little bit too weak in the prison area right now. So they're fearing that she'll be taken because is sick. They can't do like the rock moving or whatever. But then the Vidians mm-hmm. decide that they want to take Durst. And then there's like a whole scene where Tom's like, "I'm the superior officer. Take my face. Take my face. <laughs> take me." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense I, I mean I would personally sit there And be like nah take him Just take this I'm good like, See you later It's fine I gotta keep an eye on Bellana. Yeah yeah, exactly right I just I just think he should have just left it And then Bellana's like absolutely terrified And this is where you realise that Oh this is a story about Balana losing her Klingon parts and it's her Klingon side that makes mm-hmm. her strong, but it's a human side that tempers the Klingon and the smarts. Or tries. Or at least tries and fails. Now we go back to the bridge where we talk about the situation and Kim, you know, can't scan anything. But then Janeway's like, well, if the Vidians can get in, then so can we. Oh, yeah. That's another Janeway <laughs> Absolute Janeway. She's like, well, I'm, I don't take no for an answer. My name is Captain Catherine Janeway, and if you're in there, I'm going to get in there too. Danger? What danger? I don't believe in danger. It's like, but if my name's Captain Catherine Janeway, I, we can do exactly what we want. So she's going to make that decision to find a way to get through that force field. And then at the end of that scene, Harry's <laughs> literally his face is all like, ugh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so... Again, Janeway? Absolute Janeway. Then we go down to the lab again with Sulan and Klingon Balana. And this piece of makeup is terrifying, disturbing, gross, Mm -hmm. and amazing all at the same time. And it makes you realize then that the character who plays Sulan is the same guy who plays Durst. Yes. It's like, it's almost like wearing his face on top but of But it's really his face. <laughs> like wearing his face on top of makeup on top of his face. I can't tell and I haven't been able to tell whether it's like th- two sets of makeup or whether or like layers whether that's his actual face that they've made up and then put like the Klingon bits around it because it looks like the way they've done it it looks like they've actually put Durst's face on top of the Vidian makeup on top of Durst's face. Or the actor's yeah, I actually face. didn't look at it that closely to try and figure out. I should have. It just looks so cool. Like, 
somebody's gone into like their bathroom, tried to set of makeup on, thought, oh shit, I don't like that, and then tried to fix it by putting even more makeup on, and then they look like an absolute disaster. That's never a good idea. No. <laughs> it's not. So it's just sort of Don't keep adding takeaway. Yeah, I mean I I don't wear makeup. I barely look after myself as it is. I'm a slob. Um, but I think this is one of the best scenes in ti- or the best scenes of Voyager entirely, or the best pieces of makeup in the show. Definitely. I mean, as it's much as we shit on Threshold, like Threshold creepy. was also good, but yeah, this is this is creepy as fuck. And the fact that he's like, oh, I thought this face would make you comfortable with me. It's like, oh. Why? Durst is icky. I mean, Durst, no offense to the actor, but Durst looks a little bit better like that than actual <laughs> Durst. <laughs> Sorry, Durst. Yeah, Durst is not attractive. Well, it's not my cup of tea. Not my, either. yeah, no. And then uh, Klingon Balana breaks free, starts strangling Sulan, and uh, then we go back to Voyager. Where she should have finished the job and snapped his neck. Well, no, but somebody was basically like, like somebody walked into. I understand that, but she should be strong enough to just like snap. Oh, true. She is. She is Klingon. She should have been able to just break his face and show him her ferocious sexual appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think if it like fell off inside you, you'd be able to get it out easily, or you'd have to go to like the hospital? Oh, you'd have to like. Uh... Yeah, because you can't really go digging in there. Pieces might continue to come off. Oh, oh! Have you have you listened to my dad wrote a porno that podcast yet? No, I haven't. Oh, but yeah, that's what that just reminded me of. So, ugh. so we go to the meeting room, and uh, we hear about Harry Kim's microfishes. <laughs> <laughs> And there's microfishes in the force field, and they talk about like they could potentially narrow a beam into one of these microfishes and transport through it to be able to get someone inside. It's kind of a cool idea, yeah. but they can't really do anything with phases and smash the way through into it, so it's really the only way that they can possibly do it. It can only really take one person at a time is sort of what I thought, but in from this particular scene, but then later on in the episode, they're like, no, no, they could just beam all the people back through it. Yeah. Yeah, so a bit of a plot Maybe they hole. just didn't want to put too many people in the Vidian makeup. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, like, can't scan through it. Oh, but they're going through a hole. That's right, a micro fissure. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, Jamie decides that that's going to be the best way for it. And, yeah, probably the right thing to do. Oh, is it? <sighs> they shouldn't be going in there. The best way of doing it is they've actually made Chakotay, though, look like a Vidian. And I think that yeah. was a good idea. I think that was... That was a very good idea, and he looked very convincing. He did look convincing. He should have worn his Starfleet uniform. That would have been funny. Or imagine that if he got stuck convincing. like that. And it's Tuvaka Taylor, because he's the one that walked in with it. I did the best that I could to replicate the Vidian outfit. Mm-hmm. So my name is now Garrett. <laughs> That's his middle name. <laughs> Tuvok Garrick Tuvok. <laughs> so, so what do we find next? So, yeah, they send uh, Chakotay down through the Harry Kim's micro fissure. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're um, seeing what's happening in the prison sort of area. Tom and human Balana are carrying rocks around, but Balana is struggling. Not Wixaban gives the water to Balana to say, hey, just drink this, be careful, and don't 
being taken by them basically if she's sick. She realizes that having the Klingon DNA removed has changed more than her appearance. It's, she basically thinks that she needs her Klingon side to survive. Like the Klingon side gives her her strength and having it taken away, it's made her a coward. I think she's relying too much on that little tropey type thing. But like weak human female. If that's what she believes it to be, then that's how it's going to be. I was a little bit like, hmm, would she actually be like this complete weak female? No. She like wouldn't. she's sort of making it and Tom's like, I'm like, I'm the protective male right now. So I mean, that was probably the only thing that bothered me a little bit. Because that's coming across and saying that human females are weak. In a way, yeah. And that's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, and that's, that's... That is complete bullshit. Probably my only issue with this episode is that part of it. I guess looking past that, mm-hmm. the idea of it is good. I don't know. It's, that's yeah. just a, It is a little bit of a bothersome aspect to it. So, yeah, they're talking about fear and how it's a good thing and it, fear does stop you from taking some unnecessary risks, etc. and that courage but, is one of those... as Captain Janeway says, fear exists to be conquered oh contradictory (laughs) oh cunt is that your continuity error no 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 we haven't gotten there yet so balana's then taken back to the prison sort of area to make sure that she rests well but she reckons that she'll be Mm -hmm. able to get in contact with the ship but she says that so loud like so she tells (laughs) Tom, oh it's okay i'll go i'll see if i can contact the ship i know the guard was right there it's like, unless the guards, you know, lost his ears in the phage, but I don't really think that's happened. <laughs> his ears fell off. Might have lost his dick, but not his ears. Everything's fallen off. <laughs> so I'm just having, how was your day, honey? Oh, it was fine. My ears fell off and my foot kind of was dangling a little bit today, but I got a new foot, so that's okay. <laughs> that's probably the conversation that happens in the house. Let's just have sex to make the day better. Will your penis fall off in me this time? Nope, that's new too. Let's it's hope an extra not. seven inches long. What? It's better than the micro penis you had before. Why, yes. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, honey, I love you. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't know where half of that came from, but that's oh, definitely not no. what happens in my household, no. <laughs> I hope there's no micropenis involved. No, there's not. I wonder what people actually think of us. Listeners, what do you think of us going off on these absolutely disastrous, not safe for work tangents? Like, I just don't know whether we should be recording this or not. We need therapy. <laughs> but I'd love to know. Please email us at Captain Janeway Sciences at gmail.com. <laughs> No, don't do that. That is not all two listeners that we have left. Yes. I'd love to see our stats and like how far people get and they get to the point where we say something ridiculously like dirty and they just tune out. <laughs> yeah. So where where are we up to? Uh Chakotay's beamed down and they're in the like the prison sort of area. Klingon Balana has escaped, basically attacks that not Wixabantalaxian guy. <laughs> Uh, to find Poor guy was just trying to get his water back. He's like, I just want my water, man. And the human Balana tries to shut shit down on a console. Now, this sort of bothers me because she wasn't wearing a comm badge. She's mm-hmm. using... And then an, she an, was. And then sorry? she wasn't. Yes. She was at one point and then she wasn't, then she was again. It's like, she wait won. a minute. She was changing. Was that the continuity issue you were talking about? No. 
Oh, God, we still get landing for it. But yeah, she uses this thing, like this whole alien computer, and she's like, I'm just going to press these buttons. Like, how do you know? Because there's no translator, and you're not even wearing your comm badge to yeah. be like, is this going to work? She could have hit the self-destruct. Yeah, and just like blown up the whole entire Paramount Stage 18 cave set. Then what would they <laughs> use on Deep Space Nine? I don't know. No. Um, so, yeah, she gets caught. But, oh, Klingon Balana rescues her and she's like, what the fuck is this? Which is then good. Like, the remaining, like, ten minutes or so or whatever's left of this episode mm-hmm. with Klingon Balana and human Balana talking to each other. And there was no, like, mirror imagery done on this. Like, Balana or Roxanne Dawson played both the characters and they had mm-hmm. a really, really good body double for oh, she was Roxanne great. Dawson. Like, she was amazing. I followed and mimicked Balana's moves like perfectly. Uh, so yeah, and then uh, Human Balana passes out, and when Balana's working on the console, her hair was gigantic. It was sticking up like four to six inches off the top of her head. I was like, "What is with her hair?" Maybe maybe her hair was teased on the way, on the way back. It was She's just like, huge. I'm like, "What is that?" Well, Why? you know how like chickens get like plumped up or something before they get eaten. Maybe they had someone who really wanted some, like, buffy teased hair. So it's a hair fluffer? Yeah. Like the Vidian <laughs> hair fluffer. She's like, oh, sorry, you got someone from the first class cabin of Snowpiercer would like your your hair. So I reckon I reckon that's what happened. That's that's now in my head canon. Okay. All right, so then we go to some rando cave. Uh, Klingon Balana has cooked a rodont. Rodont? Rodont. Rodont. <laughs> A rodent that looks exactly like... Chicken. You know, yeah, chicken. It's a chicken breast. Look here, I made you a chicken breast. Oh, wait, sorry, a rodent. Oh, oh, I wanted to go back for a second. Okay. When guards are taking Bolana, human Bolana back to the... um Prison beds. Yes, prison beds. And they tell her, we're taking you for a shower and a hot meal. Oh, that was dumb, wasn't it? No, that creeps me out because a lot of times that's what the Nazis told the Jews. Oh, really? Yeah. And I heard this story from my history teacher in high school who was a survivor. She had her tattoo and she explained it all to us. Oh, wow. So every time I hear that, it squeezes my heart and I'm like, why would you include that line? That just... Creeps me out. Oh, shit. I did not even realize that. I just thought, what a stupid throwaway line. Mm. But there's no real parallel with Nazis, really? No, there's not. But it's just, ugh. But why? So why would they include that line? I don't know. And And it came across as such a throwaway line. That's why I just sort of dismissed it. And the reasoning behind telling the Jews that is so they don't know that they're being led to slaughter. But they, wouldn't they have known that anyway? Not at the beginning. I suppose not. Oh, because it was in the showers that they, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. That's really just made my brain like not like that scene even more. Yeah. Ugh, um, sorry. No, 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 that's fine. That's, that's fine. Yeah, I just wrote that down and I'm like, I have to, I have to say that. No, that's, God, that's, yeah. I didn't even realize that. That's insane. Um, 
but yeah, after, after Balana eats a little bit of that chicken, Klingon Balana and human Balana are starting to argue with each other. Klingon Balana is like, oh, the only way to escape is with a fist and a weapon. And Balana, mm-hmm. human Balana is like, no, 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 you got to think about it smartly. you got to get out. I can do this console thing. Okay, here's my continuity thing. Because when they're having that argument, she's like, the fist and the, and the weapon, Balana's like, you're the reason I got kicked out of the academy. It's like, no, you didn't get kicked out of the academy. You quit. We found that out how many episodes ago? Well, that in Caretaker, wasn't it? Caretaker the one after that. Because she actually quit the academy. Or maybe she thinks, yeah. maybe sometimes she thinks she was kicked out because she gets angry a lot. And she didn't like. But she quit. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Being Even, even the reason behind it, like kicked out and quit are very different things. Yeah. You're right. So that bugged me. Okay. That's a very big continuity fail there. Human Balana is getting the opportunity to like argue with the thing that she likes least about herself, the thing that she despises. And mm-hmm. the amount of times that I'm sure maybe you and I know me have just wanted to rip a part of myself out and just argue with it and get rid of it. I don't know. Like I've wanted to do that a fair bit. I can't so, do that with my fat rolls. Um. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Although I think sometimes not my, fat talk rolls back. Are, my fat rolls are sentient. They've got a name. Jordan calls my fat rolls Tina. Tina. My Netflix account is called Tina after my stomach. Like like Bob's Burgers, Tina? No, just Tina the Talking Tummy. Oh, that's cute. No, it's gross. <laughs> so I would love to, but yeah, other than my fat rolls that I'd like to rip off and be like, fuck off. Fat rolls, um, I yeah, like the I, I guess like I would just like to get rid of something and like argue with parts of me that I don't like, and I think that's kind of cool that Belana's managed to get to do that, and uh, yeah, I, I I kind of appreciate this part of the episode for that. Yeah. So Belana or the human Belana was basically saying that well, I found a way out when I was looking at this console within a mm-hmm. few seconds. I've managed to find a way out and I found out all this information. And it's like, well, that's like in a few seconds you managed to do that from like information that is in a completely different language. Well, that just proves that human females aren't weak. They're smart. Yeah, but. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense that she would find it that quickly. I'm struggling to say things at this stage because I've got to the point of the episode where I'm like really engaged in it. Mm -hmm. And. I'm like, oh, and then I stopped writing things down and I can't remember what happened because I was actually so engaged <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shit, I'm trying to find something to say here about this absolutely wonderful scene and I can't remember what happened other than the fact that it was fucking awesome. Well, doesn't Chakotay show up around? But yeah, no. but now, but that's what I was going to say. So now we go back to the prisoner sort of area and Tom's all worrying about where Balana is with not Wixaban and <laughs> she's... He's, sort of approached by a Vidian, and that Vidian turns out to be Clink, um, Chakotay, and that's kind of cool. And he's- Who just had a facial graft, and that's why you don't recognize him. Yeah, that would be so awkward, wouldn't it? Because it'd be like, come home. And how do you know, like, who your husband or wife is? Well, why didn't the guy ask him his name? <laughs> what's, what's your name? Uh, <laughs> my, my name got grafted too. <laughs> My name is... I took a new one to go with my new face. Grafkote. Grafkote. <laughs> so, yeah, so Chakotay's like, oh, I was going to take this person to organ processing because that's where they think 
Balana is, but it turns out mm-hmm. Balana and Klingon Balana are in the laboratory with her big buffy hair to use the computer. Balana's like trying to work out all this stuff on the computer while Klingon Balana's like all strolling around and just trying to be Klingon in a way, like just wanting to fight. She was stalking. Stalking, like, like a predator, yeah. really, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and alarm, an alarm gets set off and basically could trigger they by know something. we're here now. And then Durst Sulan comes in, basically wanting to kill human Balana because she wants to keep Klingon Balana for his experiments. She's mine. It's like, I want that voracious sexual appetite. <laughs> and it's really funny how, like... I got a new face and everything. He's really creepy in the way that he sort of walks and stalks in, like with his head mm-hmm. down and his eyes up in the shadows. It's kind of cool. Jakode shows up and what we have a very, very quick resolution to the whole plot of this episode, really. When they go to Bean the Mount, Sulan shoots Klingon Balana. He was trying to shoot Balana Balana and Klingon Balana sacrificed herself. And the look on Sulan's face was like, no. It's actually like a really loud no as well. And his mouth is yeah. like this. It's like, no! Like really loud, really big. <laughs> I think his face was starting to come off again. It's like, ma'am, my face is sliding off, needs to be grafted on again. <laughs> 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 then uh, we go to sickbay because the Klingon is basically dying. Well, she did die. Mm-hmm. She died in um, the transporter room. But we find out that the doctor can basically gather the DNA and put all the Klingon back into Balana. Well, which is a bit fast. Shove it in here and there. Yeah, just 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 pop a bit here. Stick some under the armpit. It's, it's all good. Between <laughs> the like toes. Osmosis it or whatever it's called. <laughs> Inside you. Um so Chakotay is sitting in sick bay with her listening. Balana says that Really, without the Klingon side of her, she feels incomplete, but she doesn't still like the Klingon side of herself. It realizes that she needs it, but she also thinks that she's going to have to fight with the Klingon in her for the rest of her life, which is kind of sad because you'd have thought Mm -hmm. that you could be able to reconcile the fact that the Klingon part of her saved her, but she doesn't like that fact because I guess the, the wounds of what happened in her childhood run deep. Chakotay was just extremely awkward. Oh, God, he just sort of sits there, doesn't he? He's like... He sits there and then he gets up and he walks away and turns around and looks at her and then walks away again. It's like, dude, comfort. Comfort her a little bit. Say, I'm here for you. Give her a hug. Just put your arm around her. Don't just stare at her. Walk away. Turn around and stare again. It was creepy. It's like, do something. He does just walk off, doesn't he? He does. He doesn't say anything. He just looks at her. Cool story, bro. See ya. (laughs) I'm needed on the bridge, but... Right at the very end with Balana rubbing her forehead because there's no ridges, but she knows the ridges will be back. And in my Mm -hmm. mind, that's Roxanne Dawson going, all right, this is the only chance I'll have (laughs) just to act in the next seven years without this shit on my forehead. I'm going to feel my forehead. Everyone, look at it. Look at my forehead, everyone. (laughs) Beautiful. It's actually smooth. I don't have these ridges. And that is the end of Faces. What do you think, Suzanne? I like it. It shows a lot of talent from Roxanne Dawson. It delves into a little bit of Bolana's backstory. So it 
it helps to understand that character a bit more. I'd agree with that. As I, as I said at the beginning of this episode, it's probably one of the better ones of season one. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those times we get to see an actual decent villain in the Vidians. And we all know how much I like my Vidians. But not when pieces break off. <laughs> oh, 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 God, gross. Um, <laughs> so we didn't really have too many Janeway decisions in this episode. Like she was pretty no. in the background. It was... Pretty much every other character other than her. But her decisions were big ones. They were. And because of it, we have a zero right way. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yep. We have zero wrong way. We (laughs) bought out the dumb way again because fucking hell. Right. Seriously. Sending literally everyone off is the dumb way. (laughs) And then we had two Jane ways. So this episode was done the Jane way. She wanted to find out everything that was in that video in place. So, yeah, we finally have another Janeway episode. So I'm happy with that because we don't get too many of them. Oh, I'm sure we will. Oh, especially later on in (laughs) Voyager. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to us. We really appreciate all of you who listen to us talk about Voyager. We'd also love it if you subscribed and gave us all of the stars and leave us a review. I don't have a review to actually talk about right now. So please, somebody fill a review in so I can talk about it. Suzanne, where can we find Send us you? Send a review. Yeah, or, or else. We'll um, <laughs> go to Vidian to leave his penis inside you. Suzanne, where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> well, you can find me doing another podcast called Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast that we are actually going to be recording next week. So there is a new episode coming out to you soon. I do that with my friend Brandy Jackala. You can also find me on Twitter at KJNWay8 or at Sass. And Liam, where can we find you? Well, today, which is the 27th of February, I deleted the Twitter app from my phone because I got sick of it. So at the moment, you can find me on Twitter at LS74656, but I probably won't be doing much for the time being because I'm too busy and I don't want to see people's crap that gets strewn all across it because it makes me angry. But you can still find us on the Twitter for the actual podcast, which I will be tweeting from other than that you can't really find me that who's been tweeting from it because i had no idea (laughs) it's either you or me it's never me (laughs) listeners suzanne and i just realized like after stopping recording like 30 seconds later that one of the most egregious decisions that Janeway didn't actually make in this episode was to save not wixaban and every single other person in that case she's just like now just take my crew y'all guys can just fuck off and be put on a vidian organ ship or something so i'm gonna add that to another jane way and this episode was definitely done the jane way just remember to follow us on twitter at the jane underscore way and on facebook in our listeners group the nexus until next time remember to keep doing things not the right way not the wrong way not the dumb way but the jane way
list other available Holosuite media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Her First Trek, a Star Trek preview podcast. For the first time ever, this is a breakthrough moment, okay? You ready? Oh, gosh, okay. Can I swear? Yes. I give a shit about one of the characters, which oh, is nice, wow. because I don't normally. Which character do you give a shit about? O'Brien. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought it was mighty decent of him what he did, and he knew that he could have gotten in trouble, and he seems quite a loyal person to have aboard your space station. He's a decent guy. Yeah. He's Irish. Um, yeah. A lot of Irish people are decent guys. I haven't met that many Irish people. I met loads. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Random Trek Review, a Star Trek review podcast. Okay, well, it's one of those things where, like, you would expect, like, as medical history gets better and everything, like, life expectancy gets longer, just like we've experienced in our own kind of world and planet, right? Like, it's way better now than it was 50 years ago versus 100 versus 200, so. Versus 5,000 years ago where you'd be lucky to live to, like, 30? Yeah, exactly. We'd already be done and dusted, my friend. Well, or we'd be super old. Right, we'd be like the village elders. <laughs> Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Ladies Trek Library, a podcast by women with a passion for Star Trek books. The author of this book, Dana Kramer Rolls, this is the only Star Trek book she's ever written, which would explain why I've never okay. read anything from her before. Yeah, I heard that she did write some other sci-fi books, but no other Star Trek. Yeah. And she does seem like like she's a fan. It seems, from the way she handled the characters, I I would say she is a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, I definitely got the feeling that she was a fan um, and knew the characters. She has a PhD in folklore and history of religions. Cool. So that makes sense. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.